Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 700 of the milk bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And although it's a milestone episode, I'm not doing a full on milestone party, but we do have milestone quality guests. Uh, we'll be hearing from Steve Heathcock, having a chat with him about his Follow England single. We'll be hearing from Sir Tony Robinson, aka Baldrick, and the star of Time Team and so many other shows uh, looking at the past as we talk about how we look to the future with the game Floodland and how we avoid an environmental catastrophe. Uh, we'll be having a chat with Aidan Callaghan. Uh, he is one of the stars of The Bodyguard. He's, of course, Everdale and Hollyoaks. And uh, he is at the Grand in May next year. We will talk to the team for the Teeter Sports podcast, how things are going in Season 5 and look forward to Season 6. Plus, Quinton Wilson's along to talk electric cars, as we will be hearing from him. Another celebrity stock, Top Gear and uh, all the other stuff that he's done over the years. He knows a thing or two about his vehicles. And we'll be talking about the Marsh Lane plant sale as well. That's all on the way on the show this week. The Bodyguard is at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre from the 9th through to the 13th of May 2023. Aidan Callaghan is here to tell me more about his role. Hello, sir. How are you, Jason? All right? I'm good and uh, long time no speak. We've had a little catch up in, in recent years and Wolverhampton's got a very special place in your heart, hasn't it? It has, yeah. As a Wolves fan, um, yeah, it's always uh, very special for me to be able to come and visit the town for whatever reason. Uh, and what was it that spurred you on to be a Wolves fan? Uh, it was um, Sherpa Van Trophy final. Um, 1988. Yeah, it was the first, my first ever game I got taken to, just happened to be that final. My uncle was a Burnley fan. Someone my dad played football with was a Wolves fan. And he decided I was old enough to go. And as we came out onto Wembley Way, I just remember being surrounded by thousands and thousands of gold shirts. <laughs> and I just said, I'll support them today. Uh, I didn't I didn't know they were in the fourth division at the time, of course, and, <laughs> uh, and it stuck. Life changing, and uh, it, it's had its moments. Let's not talk about this yes. season, but we've had yeah. some brilliant times of late. Yeah, you know what it is, Jason. You know what though? I am. Um, I think I found maybe it's being a Wolves fan, growing up a Wolves fan, but I tend to be a foul weather fan. I'm more interested when things are going badly. <laughs> <laughs> when things are going well, it always you know I'm waiting for it to go for it all to go wrong. So I kind of, you know, I kind of enjoyed those the struggles down through the leagues and um, and I, I maybe I didn't make enough of um, of, of all the uh, the brilliance of the last couple of years and it looks like, unfortunately, it's uh, we could be a way off before we get back to that level again. Times could change. We'll wait and see what happens there. Yeah. But the important thing at the moment is you're going to come and entertain us on stage and be part of the show that is The Bodyguard. Yes, yeah, yes. I'm really excited about that. I um I haven't been back to Wolverhampton Theatre. Um, gosh, it's probably been a decade. So the last time I was there, I was doing a, a play called Bedroom Farce. Um, we had a brilliant week in in Wolverhampton. It's a beautiful theatre. Um, and coming this time with a show that's a, a really spectacular show. Um, and so I, I really can't wait. It was one of the first dates I looked out for. And as it is, I mean, you've got amazing co-stars in this, and uh, so yeah. you, you get one of the lead roles, and uh, yeah. Yeah, that that makes an enjoyable time for you being there. But it, the, the whole cast is awesome. Yeah, they've, they've cast some wonderful actors and actresses. 
Um, obviously, Melody uh, Thornton, uh, uh, former Pussycat Doll, is taking the Whitney Houston role. Um, and obviously, you know, she's had incredible global success. So I think it's really exciting to, to work with someone like that who's, you know, she's got a wonderful voice. So it'd be great to hear her singing those songs. And she's already done the show um, on the Asian tour last year. So she knows the part inside out. So, and, and, and she was received really well for that. And then they cast um, the rest of the cast, if you, you know, looking up their CVs, you know, some really uh, excellent, excellent performers. So I think it's going to be a, a brilliant, brilliant show. And it, itself, it is one of those shows where people do come back to. So they will have seen a number of different people playing those roles. And mm. it, that gives you a lot to live up to. But I think you're capable, aren't you? But yeah, it does. Yeah. And funnily enough, one of my good friends played um, the part I'm playing, Frank Farmer, the Costner part. He played it in the West End um, about six years ago. So we've had a good few conversations about it. And um because I nearly did it um, a few years back, actually, uh, when it when it was on tour uh, before, but for whatever reason, uh, you know, uh, life and things got in the way, and it just it just wasn't the right time. Uh, and this time is the right time. Um, but as you said, some wonderful, wonderful actors that have played the part um, before. So yeah, I've got some some boots to fill, but I, I, you know, I, I'll always back myself for sure. Uh, but w- which bits are you most looking forward to? Um, I. It's a great part. It really is. Um, I mean, if, if uh, you know any, anybody that's seen the movie, the 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 show is very true in terms of the script to the film. Uh, so it's you know it's one of those you know it is a a proper iconic you know leading man role. Uh, so I'm really looking. I'm looking forward to to the uh, sounds really boring, doesn't it? But I'm really looking forward to the acting of those those scenes, working on those scenes. And because and the Frank Farmer part, just so everybody, you put everybody at rest, it, I don't have to sing. <laughs> I was so, going to come to that bit because <laughs> you, you, I, I, I don't, I've not actually checked your CV for singing roles. I take it there's not many in there. No, there isn't. No. Uh, and, and for good reason. Um, but I, so the, the Frank role really anchors the show. I mean, you come to see it, you want to hear the Whitney songs. So it makes sense, you know, for the story to play out the way it does. But the, the, the Frank role uh, really anchors the story, gives it real depth um, and a real strength. And I'm just looking forward really to, to being able to tell that story from beginning to end every night. You know, I love the theatre. It's been, I've been a long time uh, not doing theatre. I've been a long time wanting to do it, waiting for the right sort of part. And this is, this is you know, this is one of those parts that I, you know, would have been very high on my list. Yeah, I did. And it's all part of that acting journey. I mean, your time in Hollyoaks a, a few years mm. ago now. But yes. that that was a, a good, fun way of, of doing things, uh, being able to tell a story. And yeah. you, you are a storyteller, aren't you? That's the thing. That's Yeah, that's what you are with, with storytellers. And whether that's, you know, in a small theatre, in a black box, or whether in a huge theatre on TV, in a film, the fundamentals of the job are exactly the same. Um, you know, and, and that's what we enjoy doing, telling those stories. And as you say, you know, working in something like a soap, which is incredibly fast paced, you've got scripts coming at you, you know, a, a hell of a pace. Um, and the story, you know, you know, what the storylines are like, they, they change and they're dramatic and they move very fast to then going back on stage where you've got the script, you know where it starts, you know the journey and you know where it ends. And it's up to you to be able to, make people feel 
what they're meant to feel every single night. Um, and uh, theatre is obviously is always going to be the truest test of an actor. And and I think the being on stage, there's no no feeling like that. Being in front of a live audience and 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 sort of getting that immediate reception from them. It's you you know if you could bottle that. I'd be a billionaire. <laughs> it is. A, and and this is what gives you the buzz when you're playing a part. And it helps you play those moving scenes. And and we get that in, in, in this show uh, and, and so much of the stuff that you've done in the past too. Yeah, there's some, there's some real emotional depth to it, which again, as an actor, you know, those are the things that you yearn for, you know. Um, he's great. Frank Farmer's great. He's got, he's a, you know, straight down the line leading man. But there's the romantic element. Which is always, I think, is always the thing I struggle with more. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm great at punching people in the face, I'm great great, <laughs> great at posing and pouting. Um, but you know, Frank gets a bit of everything. You know, he's um, he's uh, you know he's the strong man, but with that sort of soft uh, vulnerability. You know, which is you know when I look at actors that I admire, you know, people like Russell Crowe, they play those those roles where they play these strong men, but there's always that that vulnerability that makes them interesting. Yeah, and uh, I mean, obviously, uh, all the attention received as, as a soap punk over the years as well. Is <laughs> that coming into play here too? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, you know, it's that that um, you have to draw on some of that when you're playing, because he's classed as a romantic lead. That's what he's classed as. So you have to kind of draw on that. I think that's an element in terms of how they sell the show, because it's kind of, it's a sexy show, isn't it? You know, it's glamorous. It's got that. So... People are coming with those expectations and, um, and part of what makes commercial theatre work very well is that people get to see people that they've enjoyed watching on telly over the years and then they get to see them in the flesh and, and, that's, and that's great for us as well. And with this tour, obviously taking you all over the country, Wolverhampton is the May dates we talked about. But uh, what's it like for you being back on the road again? Is it because it obviously COVID really limited things an awful lot? But yeah, have you been doing much on uh, out and about of late? Well, the road is always a slog. It's tough. I mean, it, there's pros and cons. There's pros and cons to everything. Obviously, you know what's great is you get to get. It's a great country, or you know, United Kingdom's a, a great place wonderful towns and cities up and down, you get to see them all, beautiful historic theatres, you get to play them all, that's great. Yeah, the road is tough and moving week to week is is tough and I've got a family, but my boys are in school. That's part of the reason I haven't done this sort of work up until now because mm. it didn't quite suit. Um, I took a career break um, after Hollyoaks to be at home with me, my family, and then just as I decided that I was sort of ready to start looking at, at some offers. Um, we, we had the pandemic and the lockdown, <laughs> which kind of uh, put the kibosh on some some stuff. And then there's been some things that haven't been quite right. So, um, you know, but this is a great way for me to get get back on the bike, so to speak. And I couldn't have wished for a, for a better way, really. And uh, with a, a much-loved show, uh, an audience who... Uh, although nothing's ever guaranteed, but you know there will be people who've seen this on tour before. They'll, they'll be bringing people who are new to the show as well. And yeah. all it does is draw more people into the magic that is the bodyguard. Well, it is. And, you know, the arts, the industry has had a tough time the last few years. Um, and, you know, and we, we're all aware of the cost of living crisis. So asking people to part with their hard earned on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, whatever it is to come to the theatre, you know, that's, 
you, we are asking a lot of people, but also I think there is that kind of uh, appetite there. I think people have had a tough, you know, a tough couple of years and coming and seeing a show where you can kind of forget about all that, uh, take you along for the ride, hear some great music, see some really great dancing and, 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 and watch a story that's incredible. If you haven't seen a show or the film before, you'll find it really, really exciting. And if you have seen it, it's it's that wonderful nostalgia it will bring as well. Um, I I don't think for entertainment, I think you have it's really, really tough to beat to beat live theatre. Maybe, you know, maybe a top night down the mall, perhaps. <laughs> but you'd be you'd be more interested in, in a a last minute penalty loss by the sounds of things. But... Yeah, so I have got something to be grumpy about, a good excuse to be grumpy. <laughs> however we'll be looking for, for wolves to do well and you guys to break a leg on stage and have an awesome time with the bodyguard it is the 9th through to the 13th of may 2023 01902 429212 the box office number uk to get your tickets have you got socials as well so we can see the tour as it develops yeah um always um happy to hear from people i'm uh Aiden callahan on um twitter instagram and facebook i can't handle any more than that i'm kind of a bit too uh, old and grouchy to be able to cope with any more of the new social media stuff um but i've I, i'm often chatting to uh, wolves fans on there or arguing with wolves fans sometimes on there uh but yeah 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 contact me on there and look i'd love to see as many of you down there as possible um it's going to be a great show it is going to be awesome. We know that. You're a star, as is the rest of the cast. It's going to be awesome. It is The Bodyguard at the Grand, Aidan. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jason. The TWF Sports Podcast are doing some amazing things. They've just had a brilliant time talking about the World Cup. To tell us more, I'm joined now by two of the hosts, Alyssa Dunn and Tom Watkins. How are you doing both? We're doing thanks. great. Yeah, that's good. Now, I, I know you've literally just finished talking to a Premier League yes, footballer. literally. So, so I, I know it's a busy time for you. But uh, what's it like here, continuing with the podcast, uh, even though you're now not always on the same site as you were back in the day when you started it? Yeah, I, I'd say, like, there's a lot of upgrades for the recent episodes and a lot more topics can be involved and also... Um, just like a variety of like um, pros and cons that they had to do during their journey through sport, mainly. Plus, we're in an actual recording room now. That's true, yeah. <laughs> we're yeah, so not you're... using some coffee room. You're not, you're not hiding in a cupboard, which is uh, often the way it works. But... No, we are not hiding in no cupboard. So you have a, a, a proper studio, fully branded clothing. I mean, this is the way forward, isn't it? And the important thing yeah. is, though, it is good fun to do. And you get to talk to some amazing people. Who's, who've been the yeah. recent highlights? Tom normally says somebody who's played rugby, but uh, come up, see what you can come up with. Wow. During the World Cup episode, we've got like the, the two Daves. And then... Um, that was confusing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Dave Edwards and uh, Dave, Dave Jones. Jones. Yeah. James. I remember just as he said, what the heck? And then, um, who was the American guy again? Brad Friedel. Brad, yeah. Sorry, because like the the other guest I was thinking of was the one that didn't even come on the end because there was a mishap, like a delay. Isn't he stuck in? <laughs> I mean, we recently uh, chatted to Kevin Davis. Recently, it was literally a few seconds ago. That's what I mean. My recent. <laughs> okay. Who's you enjoyed speaking to the most? Kevin Davis. He, he was really interesting. Yeah, he was really fun. Good. Yeah, he's actually the first guy that volunteered to help us pa to get us in touch with another guest. 
That's mm-hmm. what it says. Adam some work as well, doesn't it? Because Adam Millichip yeah. is having to coordinate things down at the Technowood School. Yeah. And uh, can we expect a bit of a Christmas edition as well? I mean, can you get Father Christmas, Santa Claus? Is he available <laughs> to talk to you, or is he is he not big enough now? <laughs> How uh, how uh, coincidental! I literally just had a conversation with Adam about that. Yeah, we've, we just spoke about that, and um, Alyssa and Tom mentioned about doing maybe a Christmas special. Um, but I know we don't usually publish our shows during or out of term time, so maybe we'll see what we can do. And um, yeah, we'll scrape something yeah, together. Maybe Santa yeah. or Rudolph, you never know. Yeah, well, this, uh, Rudolph. Uh, Rudolph, I think he's. he's we all uh... have a reindeer translation app. <laughs> 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 Could prove interesting then. So, uh, what what have you got planned? Because we, uh, what season are we in? Remind me what season we're in. Season five, five. Because they 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 fly by, uh, which means we're on to season six, early part of next year. And uh, I know you're working towards season six already, aren't you? That's true. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, we are, Jason. So we've, as I said, just interviewed Kevin Davis now, and that will be out in in January. So we've got a few uh, guests that we've already spoken to that will. Be out in January. We've got Sam Allardyce, which will be our first episode of season six. So yeah, we're pretty good in the students of Fab at getting lots of interviews done and in the bank. So we've got lots of interviews coming up and lots already mm-hmm. recorded. So and, and who's out for the next Tuesday? Who are we hearing from this this coming release? So next week will be former England goalkeeper Paul Robinson. So we're gonna chat to him all about his England career and his time at, at Leeds and Tottenham. So yeah, he'll be our, our next one coming up next week. And uh, uh, as whilst we're, we're, we've mentioned Christmas, what are you two guys up to for Christmas? Anything exciting planned? I have no idea. I'm more than likely just going to spend the usual with my family because um, mm-hmm. last year I went up to Wales because my dad's brother lives up there. Mm-hmm. So that was quite good to do. But yeah, I just I just love to mix things around during Christmas, really. And um, mm. me will probably be the same, hang out with my family and maybe my boyfriend every now and then. That's cool. <laughs> that keeps everybody happy. And uh, and how how are the family coping with your newfound celebrity status? Celebrity? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't but, notice. Well, come on. Uh, you, you've now done more than some of the people who are on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. So I think you're more famous than some of the people on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've enjoyed each each guest like I've always done. Um, it's good just to know like more facts from them and uh, also there's always like banter each episode so that's also always uh, a good um needy thing mm-hmm. to add each episode yeah my family haven't really no haven't really been affected much by the whole <laughs> celebrity thing you, you wait you recognize in supermarkets it, it will come that time will come oh, I, I we really visit supermarkets probably now <laughs> for that exact reason <laughs> Well, have, have a great time with it all. Obviously, some brilliant interviews coming up. More to do as we head through into 2023 and season six and beyond. And uh, we're expecting more in the range of merchandise as well, because uh, we, we, yeah, that's always good fun. Maybe even uh, an advent calendar for, for the following. Or a cal- TWS Sports <laughs> Podcast calendar. That'd be good, wouldn't it? You talking to the guests. <laughs> Adam, we've got another challenge well, for Well, Adam, you. do you think we can scrape it? Yeah, let's, let's make it happen. Yeah, okay. let's yeah. swing it. Yeah, we want to see that for 2023. But we can find you online. Just search for the TWS Sports Podcast. Brilliant work being done by the Technowood School. And uh, thank you both for joining us. Thanks again, Jason. Thank you for having us.
Britons believe climate change is the greatest threat to humanity. This has been uh, proven from the research carried out at the launch of a brand new game, Floodland. To tell us more, I'm joined now by developer of Floodland, Alexander Stroganov, and also by actor, author, presenter, and patron for Read for Good, Sir Tony Robinson. Hello to you both. Hi. Hello. Hi. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you both too. Now, first of all, let's, Tony, let's come to you because in your work on Time Team and all the other historical references we have, you've seen civilizations come and go. And uh, we don't want to be on the way out, do we, really? No, uh, we're not the f first people to have been uh, uh, beset by this kind of problem. Uh, ju just, just ask Noah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and it's not the first time that our climate has been in the position of looking like it it could remove 75% of uh, the living creatures on it, uh, of the planet. That's happened about four times uh, since before us. I think the, the problem is, particularly in England, we are really lucky. Um, apart from anything else, there's been this lovely little interregnum, which we call between the ice ages, you know? It's not too cold now, it's not too hot, it's just about right, it's really temperate, stuff grows in the fields, um, we can have babies, uh, the, we've got roofs over our heads, etc, etc. Uh, um, we, we get the sense that that's a permanent state of being and that anybody who thinks outside that is being a bit kind of lunatic. So when we first started talking about climate change people were thinking oh it can't be that bad come on this is Kent this is Wessex this is <laughs> Strathclyde or whatever that kind of thing doesn't happen here. So I think it's been very difficult for us to get to get our head around the profundity of, of the changes that are in the process of taking place. And with you know, the potential changes that are out there, the, the world around us could suddenly go from being the, the nice order that we see now, and, and even I say that in the current political climate, uh, to something which could be much more disastrous. And, and Floodland is a, a new game which uh, Valmonica have put together. And Alexander, uh, this really is about highlighting things, isn't it? And, and, and bringing to the fore something that's really going on, but doing it in game format. Yes, yes, and the, the idea was actually to do something serious, and to, we wanted to, and this is uh, something that a lot of us have been tackling for a while and thinking and mulling it over, and we decided that we were going to put our minds to it and, uh, you know, make a game, because that's what we do, <laughs> but at the same time, discussing something that needs to be discussed. But also, I think, uh, looking at the work that Alexander's been doing from my point of view, doing it in a, in a creative and positive and optimistic way. So much of the conversation that we have about global warming is so kind of doomist that it's impossible to kind of think your way out of the gloom, uh, let alone address the issues themselves. The, the thing is that uh, like uh, one of the questions today was uh, like, why isn't there no like, why isn't this strategic game? And the idea is that often it requires people fighting and it's, it's about people coming together. It's about actually, and you know, positively, yes, there are differences between the, the clans of the people who, who, are, who you will meet in the game, but it is your job to overcome those differences and to, to make people work and to see it in a, brighter positive you know more positive light through the mm -hmm. colors and the art too yeah for anybody who isn't yet aware of that of this game how can you not um it's uh, it takes place after the great catastrophe has happened on an island on that island there are just a few hundred people who have survived and the question is where do we go from here and uh, that seems to me 
and, and to Alexander to be a question we're all not asking ourselves enough where do we go from here um, and they, he, he's done it in this very beautiful way the the graphics are fantastic the acting of the characters is sublime we were listening to some of it a bit earlier and you said it was the first time that you'd ever heard it without like seeing without the, the animation video, and it worked perfectly yeah yes. yeah and, and and it looks great the colors are fantastic and what sort of age range are we aiming this at? Is it really people from, from every background, every age range to, to get involved? So the thing is that we presented it at Gamescom, So, but we had people who have not been familiar with this specific genre play the game, you know, sort of learning the, the ropes from the very beginning. And uh, we realized that uh, the game is directed to, to, to everyone. So like, of course, you know, knowing how to play always helps but this is one of those games that uh you can just sit down and and learn your way into and actually it's intuitive and you will understand how everything functions uh, for, for for someone like me who i can't even really call myself a gamer i can call myself an idiot who <laughs> attacks the screen sometimes it's, it's absolutely great because it really takes you through what to do but in a way that someone who understands gaming can either skip or can actually get a little bit from and then i can go into it and take it really really slowly at my own pace i'm not competing against someone in peking or somewhere <laughs> i'm just, all i'm doing is i'm taking on the world as it were and hopefully by the uh, by the time i've finished i will learn a little bit more about strategy about working with people about uh, solving things which at first seem intractable mm -hmm. and we seem to have lost that over uh, uh, over global warming yeah. you just go ah and run away from <laughs> Yeah, and, a, and with the, the work that you did on uh, your series Man on Earth, I mean, you, you talked about some of the outcomes from that and the, and the, the, the fact we've seen civilizations come and go there. But uh, we, we, in 200,000 years, we've not seen anything like this and we've not been as responsible as a, as, as, as a, as a population for doing anything like where we've got ourselves to now. I think we've seen things as terrifying as this, but not on a, a global scale. Although, you know, maybe Noah would disagree as far as he was concerned, the whole world was flooded. But yeah, going from uh, the remnants of one, situa uh, one civilization to another, the same trope constantly occurs. And it's all, nearly always about water that you start either, you either get flooded and quickly you've kind of gone or else you lose your water sources or both at the same time um, and when you lose your water sources a small group of people take control and call themselves gods and priests or whatever then there's even less water and the people turn on the gods and priests uh, and kill them and then they run away the uh, the rest of the people kind of run away into the hinterland and come back about uh, 60 years later and start all over again so yeah this this is a familiar thing uh, in human history, but we just haven't haven't seen it before uh, in uh, in broadband, <laughs> you know, on a wide scale. Mm -hmm. uh, Alexander, where can we find the game when it comes down to the platforms we can play on? Yes, and at the moment, it's uh, you can find it on Steam, you can play on PC, uh, and the game is out since the fifteenth of November. If you're as ignorant as someone like me, you just Google. You Google it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and aside from Googling, Tony, what are you up to at the moment? I'm working with Read for Good, which is a, an environmental charity, which is distributing uh, books uh, about the environment uh, 
to schools and to hospitals. And I've got, trouble is nowadays, you're not really allowed to say what you're gonna do on the telly because you have to sign the contract to say uh, nothing about them. But all I can say to you that is, at Christmas, and I think it's going to be on Christmas Day, I will be on something which hopefully a lot of people will watch and will find very amusing. NDA allowing, that's interesting stuff. Tony, thank you for joining us, Sir Tony Robinson, also Alexander Stroganov from uh, the Floodland team. And uh, may I wish you much success with the game and hopefully enlighten people not to wreck the blooming planet so we can carry on having great games like this and sending Tony to dig holes in gardens as well when he's looking for stuff on Time Team and the like. Thank you. When it comes to music around the world of football, Steve Heathcock knows a thing or two about to make a very popular song and a fun video and get everybody in the mood for the, uh, the competition in hand. Did some great work for the Euros. Back again for the World Cup with Follow 3. Hello, sir. How are you doing? How are we doing, Jason? You all right? I'm all right. I trust you're keeping out well and out of trouble. Oh, I'm always in trouble. <laughs> but I'm keeping well. I'm keeping That's well. good. Yeah. Now, uh, for, for those who, who haven't picked up on your name, there's a pretty good chance they've seen you sing. Uh, you're one of a number of brilliant acts who work across the region, aren't you? Yes, I go out as Stevie the Shaman and I do Captain Scarlet and various acts here. So there's a lot of music in your veins and every once in a while it escapes out into the world in the, in the form of new songs as well as some of the, the brilliant acts that you do when you're out and about in the clubs across the region. And Follow 3 is yet another opportunity to get behind England and have a great time with the World Cup. Of course, yeah, I think I've got another catch on, Jason, you know, I'll try and keep it simple so the fans can sing along. So, yeah, it's a good song, I think. So, fingers crossed. Well, we'll be uh, taking a little listen to it. Now, when it comes to producing the video, tell us a, a bit about that and how it tells the story of the song, because you always like a beginning, the middle and end, don't you? Yeah, well, the, the song uh, is always written as... I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Wolves, mm -hmm. as you are, and a fan of England. So I've just, you know, I try and write it as a fan would see it. Try and keep it simple, but from the heart, always from the heart, you know. You know, I'm going to have flags, black country flags, St George's flags, and a lot of fun. I've got a... Few surprises coming in the video, so it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Okay, so we may need to make sure we're watching that one. But uh, the song itself, though, who who features on there? Is it all you? Or have you got some uh, help this time too? No, I've got, I've got a good some. I'd like to give a few shouts. I don't know if Alan Bell's been on stage studio. How's Alan? That's where it was recorded. Yeah, you know Alan. Yes, uh, and we've got um, Colin Tipping on guitar and backing vocals. He's in a duo called the Lost Boys. They play mm -hmm. rock. Uh, you may have heard of them. I've seen them on Facebook. Yeah, they're a very good act. And then you've got Daniel uh, Gardner doing some backing vocals. Uh, and then Nick Smith actually come up with the melody. He's a keyboard player. And then we all put it together in the studio. Yeah, and uh, again, this is this is what it's all about, though. Coming together as fans, creating some great music and having a bit of fun. And it'd be great to see what you can do with it. And uh, obviously, it's it's more about getting aired than it is about making money from it. But you would like to make some cash, too, because I, I'm going to guess you're going to look after uh, a charity or two. Yeah, yeah, but we're not just on the charities, but they will, they will go to some charity at the end, yeah. So hopefully, the you know, whatever we make, we'll go to some charity or another. This, this time... We were not too sure about the challenges last time. Was Frank Bruno was involved, if you remember. Mm -hmm. uh, the mental health. Uh, Frank Bruno found him at this time. Because obviously there was not a lot, not a lot of money made for that one, so we're not sure about charity. But the, we will probably do something with the charity. We're not sure yet. Maybe, I'd like to maybe get someone like Steve Bull involved. But... Predictions? I'm hoping you're going to say an England win. Yeah, of course. They're not a nice group, aren't they? <laughs> <Is> <laughs> no, it... On paper... On paper, yeah. it looks a nice, easy group. So, 
that, 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 that can sometimes be a, a club's downfall, but we know that the lads are going to out there and give their all and, uh, you know, sort of emulate the success that we had uh, with the, uh, the ladies. Yeah, of course. The Lioness is fantastic. You know, what an achievement. And maybe I should have wrote, wrote a song for the ladies. <laughs> because Next they did fantastic. So proud. So proud of you. They did absolutely brilliantly. Fingers crossed we get a good result. So, uh, music in a moment or two's time. Before we get that, tell us uh, where we can get hold of this and uh, make sure we share it, see what cash we can get in for the, the as-yet-to-be-named charity. But most importantly, get the fans singing along and getting behind the England team. Okay, yeah, it's on Spotify, Distro Kid, iTunes, Amazon, all streaming platforms. There's probably loads more that I've not known, but they're the four or five main ones, aren't they? So, yep. just put Steve Heathcock or follow through. Oh, well, no, put Steve Heathcock and follow three, and that, it'll come up. Yeah. Okay, Steve Heathcock, follow three. Put that into, uh, put it into yeah. a search engine, it'll take you to the music pretty much straight away. And of course, you're on Facebook as well, aren't you? Yes, Steve. I've got a follow three group now, but it was in together and I've got the follow three now. So that they can join as well. There's a follow three group. So check that out. Get on Facebook, check online, and be part of the uh, the preparations for fingers crossed getting England to uh, a very good stage in the competition. Yeah, we yeah. want the final. We want the final. We want that World Cup. Fingers crossed we can get it this time around. Steve, always good to speak to you. Keep up the great work in the studio. Keep doing your thing, raising funds for charity, and look forward to seeing you out on the road as well as uh, we will talk again closer to the. Uh, uh, the, the, hopefully the middle of the competition when uh, we're looking forward to uh, England uh, being yeah, nicely into uh, the uh, the final stages. That'd be fantastic, Jason. Yes, as always, appreciate your time and the pleasure and, you know, coming on the show. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. Good to see you. It's right for now. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Forever, we're England, you see. And three lines together, 
when it comes down to changing your motor vehicle, it isn't a cheap game. We need to make sure we're getting the best value, not only for now, but also for the future and the planet too. Quinton Wilson joins me now to give us a few tips on how we can get things right. Hello, sir. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, we're all coping, which is what counts. So uh, when it comes down to it... Uh, at the minute, the, the car market is quite open. We know that there's an awful lot of used vehicles out there which are coming in at quite high prices, even now. Uh, things have calmed down a little bit when it comes to supply and demand. But when we're thinking about it, we are often thinking about going for an electric vehicle. Yet we need to balance out how the costs work for us. What what sort of things can we see at the minute? So, look, electric cars are appreciating in value. I mean, there's a huge, huge demand for them. There's not enough coming into the into the UK because of the semiconductor crisis. Mm -hmm. um, and there's not enough people on, on lower incomes, those 20% taxpayers like nurses and, and office workers and, 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 and council workers um, buying them. So the, the moment they're the preserve the middle classes. So I'm saying that we need to, 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 to make sure that the electric car is democratized and that more people from lower incomes drive them. And the way to do this is to do what's known as salary sacrifice. So your employer puts you in a car scheme with somebody like, like Tusker, uh, and then that gets you a brand new car, and you will offset some of your salary um, in return. So it's like getting paid in a car, but it cuts those prices right, right down because you've got this low benefiting kind. So you don't have to sacrifice a huge amount of your, your, your salary and you get everything done, insurance, servicing, MOT, breakdown, cover the, 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 the works, tires, exhausts, etc. Um, not the electric cars have exhausts. Um, so they're, they're, they're too expensive for ordinary drivers unless they go on salary sacrifice and it's it's a really really good thing and the the, the 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 you don't have to worry about any of the costs this is why it's so brilliant mm -hmm. yeah it basically puts you on the road uh there isn't anything to worry about you know that it is all covered in the fee that you pay and it's that insurance can sometimes be higher for electric cars because it isn't being sold in the right way yet we do know though that all new yeah. car sales have to be electric by 2030 which is frighteningly, you know, what, seven years away. Uh, so we, we, we know that if you're looking to buy an entry-level new car, and, so, and, and people will want to do that because sometimes you don't want the hassle of not knowing the history on a vehicle, buying a second-hand car, does come with its own dangers. You don't get a warranty in the same way as you do with a brand new vehicle. And if you are having to go electric, they do have to be cost effective. Yet with the salary sacrifice scheme, do you end up as the final owner of the vehicle or is it something that you work as a, as, as a sort of a mini lease that works out cost effective for you? It goes back to the, um, the, 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 the leasing company, but then you would want to do that anyway, because you can then get another more modern one with maybe a longer range and a bigger battery because this, this technology is changing all the time. But with secondhand ones, people say, well, I'll go and buy a secondhand electric car. Sometimes, Jason, those used ones are fetching more than the new ones because there's such a huge, huge demand. And I've I've been driving them for 10 years every day, electric cars, and and they just work. There's there's no problem. The batteries don't degrade significantly, maybe at 300 miles, perhaps. But then your combustion engines tanked at that mileage as well. So that they are a really, really, really good way. And the whole life costs across three or four years significantly less than combustion cars. And people don't realize this because you don't have any kind of moving parts apart from the the the, the, the motor and, and the wheels. So you've just got your, your your battery so no spark plugs no no timing change no cam belts no exhausts no diesel particulate filters all that sort of thing so they're really 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 cheap to run over the long term 
Yeah, and when you are making a set payment every month, it takes away that element of surprise because even if you are covered by warranty on a new car, you still have the the fact that you've got tyres to fork out for. Uh, your insurance is something that you need to think about. And and is it, does it work in the same way? You have to obviously disclose all your uh, your driving details to the uh, the company when you when you buy, and it it can vary, but only on the insurance part of the the contribution you're paying. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you've got to be completely honest and upfront about your, your your past driving history. But, you know, you say insurance for electric cars is is expensive. Sometimes it is, but it's coming down. But then, as you say, you know, the insurance companies don't really know how to do this yet. Um, but broadly, you know, they, they work. I've, I've got two electric cars and I wouldn't go back, Jason. Um, it, 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 I've, I've driven to France and back in them without any problems at all. So mm-hmm. there's no you don't have to put in a deposit or anything like that. You just have this 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 payment and you sacrifice a bit of your salary and you're in a brand new car. And th- this is something that we have to get across to people because we're talking about air quality in cities and electric cars are, are, are making a huge, huge difference to diesel particulates. So it, it'll it'll make your life better. They're fast, they're fun, they're quiet, they're silent. And also there's no emissions. And no clutch. And no clutch. No, they're all <laughs> automatic, which is great. Look, look, my I won't tell you what it is, but my car, my electric car goes 0 to 60 in 3.2 seconds, Jason, which is faster than an awful lot of Ferraris and Lamborghinis. So don't worry about the clutch, mate. You know, it's just hysterically quick. They're lovely things to drive. And I, th- I think in, in many ways, you feel more in control of the car as well. And I, I drive an automatic. I'm driving an auto diesel at the moment. And uh, uh, that I, I, I picked up because I, I needed a car quickly when someone drove into the side of mine early this year. Now, I had intended my next car to be electric, but I haven't got a scheme that can help me. But by talking to your employer, you can start to set these things up. And a salary yep. sacrifice is certainly where I would be thinking of going for my next vehicle. Hopefully not for a little while yet, but uh, that, that, that would be uh, on, on my horizon. But go and test drive one Jason and, and and you will be absolutely blown away I call it the Damascene moment where people get into an electric car for the first time and go wow I never knew it could be so good and then there's no turning back so if you want to know more about this it's called salary sacrifice go to tuskercars.com and this is the fastest growing way of funding electric cars in the uk the only problem is we need more of them coming in because demand is just huge and there are waiting lists for some electric cars of up to a year Mm-hmm. But it is important to get yourself on that waiting list. It could be something that you're planning for the future for. And so you do have maybe have to plan your journey a little bit better if you're looking at charging points. And you said you've gone to France. It is purely about knowing what you're going to do and where you're going to do it. But again, it's the, the, there's less of an unknown with the vehicle because it is talking to you the whole time, telling you where you are with things. You're absolutely right. And, and some electric cars will tell you where the charging points are, set the sat nav um and and tell you how much range you've got and off you go so it's not one of these things where you've got to fold out a great big map and find out where it is the car does all the work for you when i drove to france i didn't plan it at all and the car just took me to all these lovely french points and i'd have my kfc and by the time i'd finished i was i was you know charged up and ready to go so it works yeah, i think sometimes you can get about 80 percent charge in just over half an hour 45 minutes yeah, I mean, some of it's down to like 20, 25 minutes on 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 some of the high high power charges. But yeah, I mean, zero to eighty percent is easily attainable in half an hour. Well, give us the details again of where we can find out about Tusker and the work that they're doing to help people use a salary sacrifice to get themselves into an electric vehicle. So it's salary sacrifice, and think of it of getting paid with a car, and it's tuskercars.com. And it does work out favourably on tax, doesn't it? That one. 
Oh, yeah. And this isn't a cheat. This is the government saying because people drive electric cars, that's better for the environment. That means less particulates, less re respiratory problems and less burden on the national health. And it, this is just the right thing to do. So I'm saying to the government, don't meddle with this in the budget. Leave it the way it is. Otherwise, I'm incandescent because we need to get more people of lower income into electric cars so they can enjoy the benefits of clean air as well. Yeah, because that's a bit that worries me. You, you get all these clean air zones. It's actually targeting people who can't afford a new car. This could hopefully be a good way of doing it. Yeah, and it's it really is cost effective and it's democratising the electric car and helping air quality in cities. And, and governments should think not electorally, but in a generational cycle. And this is why I don't want them to unpick all this legislation, because, you know, we need it. And, and, and the next generation and the generation after that needs it, too. Well, fingers crossed they make it better, which would be even even more acceptable. Quinton Wilson, always good to speak to you. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure, Jason. On Saturday, the 26th of November, it is the start of the big Christmas period for the Marsh Lane plant sale. They've got shirts, they've got everything. Anthony Hall is going to tell me more. Hello, sir. Hello, Jason. How are you, my friend? I'm all right now. I wasn't expecting to be in your grotto at this point in the evening. Uh, but uh... yeah. A rather small grotto. It is. A little uh, tight fit, isn't it? It is. So uh, this, this is mostly where you're going to have your mother working, isn't it? She's it going to be the indeed. elf in the workshop. Yeah, it's uh, going to be full of different surprises in here. But uh, this this is just the start of what's going on, because I'm hearing 6,000 lights. Uh, yeah, 6,000 plus lights. It's our big Christmas light switch on next Saturday. Uh, the Christmas trees go on sale. The holly wreaths go on sale. And we've got lots of surprises as well. Uh, we open the gate at 11 o'clock in the morning we're open till five o'clock we have lots of bits and bobs going on in the evening uh between four and five o'clock um we've and, got and it's dark enough for the lights to look good then yeah hopefully so we're saying between 4 30 and 5 that the lights will be switched on um we've gone above and beyond uh this year um although obviously we was a little bit wary with the old kind of price rise and everything but mm -hmm. Christmas has still got to go ahead. It has, and you're going to be making a special. You've been doing that all year. How yeah. much have you managed to raise this year? Do you know the figures for so far? We're above last year's target. Now, last year, uh, we was only open for a short period. We raised just over £500. Uh, we're already above that target, uh, and we're looking forward uh, to... Yeah, advertising that at the end of the year. So that's going to be something to be good. Yeah, uh, but uh, there we say, respect the Christmas tree, respect the rest of the plants. But uh, there will be some great outdoor stuff available to go in the garden too. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, one of our biggest things that we've got this year, we've got the Lavender Girls coming to perform here. Mm -hmm. uh, they're performing lots of different West End productions. Uh, they do a lot of local gigs, and they're coming to open up our Christmas display. Um, as well as Father Christmas, Father Christmas is obviously going to be here. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got the mulled wine, the mince pies. Um, and I'm actually stepping out of retirement for a little while, and I'm actually going to do a bit of a fire eating as well. Okay, so th that's quite good. Yeah, yeah, that's no, going to be amazing. Yeah, and definitely. it keeps you warm during these times as well. Yeah, definitely. So where do we find you? Give us all the details. Okay, so we're in Marsh Lane, um, Marsh Lane Ford Houses, Wolverhampton, WV10 6RX. Uh, we're right opposite Armstrong Academy. Uh, you can't miss us. All the boards, all the banners are out there to direct you in. So get, come along, get there, and get yourself your Christmas tree, real Christmas trees. Yeah, they're the number one Christmas trees, actually, Jason. Oh, they're they? Nordman fir. Uh, they're guaranteed to last you a minimum of two months. 
Um, low needle droppers and smell absolutely gorgeous. So that is the way to do it. Make Christmas in your home work, courtesy of the Marsh Lane Plant Sale. Raising some brilliant funds as well. Looking for your donations for charity at the same time. And uh, you can enjoy your festivities just as much as you're going to enjoy putting the whole Christmas display together. Do you know, I'm like a big kid when it comes to He's Christmas. He's an absolute child. He's absolutely T- crazy. Tinsel galore. Bit of glamour. Bit of glitz and glamour. He's a happy man. Right. <laughs> Thanks for that. Keep up the good work and we'll see you soon. For, and we won't be able to miss you because the lights will be on. Yes, no, definitely. There's a glowy Marsh Lane this year. That's it all for this week. Thank you so much for joining me as ever. Hopefully you'll be with us for the next 700 episodes too. I will see you soon. 701 next week. So up and down. Goodbye from the mill bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the mill bar. Yeah.